0: This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com Back here with uh, Sarah Erickson. Very excited to be back here with you. How you doing? Great. We've been trying to get this podcast for a long time.
1: Thanks for having me, Jeff. It's super fun to see you.
0: You're in Anchorage now. You live in the peninsula. That's why it's live in
1: Soldotna, uh, back and forth to Anchorage. I have a condo here, so I do business in Anchorage, and so I, I'm able to come back and forth.
0: So I want to talk about your business um, later. We'll talk about your Alaskans, which okay. you show me that video of uh, of you and all the doggies. Very, very Right. Cute. Why
1: you should choose Alaskans for your dog.
0: So, so just uh, basically you catch all these fish, and then you use them for, for like, do, like dog food, right?
1: Right. Well, I don't catch the fish, and it's not sport-caught fish. It's commercial-caught fish. So the commercial fishermen who deliver their fish to the processing plants in the Kenai Peninsula, I buy thousands and thousands of pounds of fish from the processors. They bag it up for me. I buy it from them, and then I store it in freezers and make dog treats throughout the year.
0: So in the video, um, you were talking about it's, it's all like natural compared to other dog foods. Now, it's kind of like... People too. I mean, there's all these preservatives, and people are talking about, you know, like eating preserved foods. Is this kind of the same thing for dogs? Yes, it's
1: very similar. When you look at a label of a dog food, you'll see like 8,000 things listed there. You're not really quite sure what it all is. But with Alaskans, it's a dog treat, but it's just the fish skin, and we leave as much meat as we can uh, while it, and we just dehydrate the skin. So we either leave them whole or or we hand-roll them for smaller dogs, cut them down into smaller sizes and hand-roll them up.
0: So you said this in your video, but a lot of cultures, um, like Asia, they love the skins of fish, right? Oh, of course they love but the we skin. Don't, they we eat don't. the whole fish.
1: Yeah, Americans just really haven't grown up with that unless they have a um, a person kind of pushing that on them from, I don't know, from other culture, I guess. But naturally, I mean, at least in Alaska, I never ate fish. Did you? Did you ever grow up? Not, no,
0: I grew up in New Mexico. Though, I mean skins. I'm skins. talking about the skins. Yeah. Now, now since I moved here, um, I've spent a lot of time in Russia, and I love caviar. Right. So, and that's a
1: part of a fish like that normally people would dump, but so Russians make caviar. And
0: my buddy's dad, um, Russian. What he does in the summer, he'll go to the peninsula and he'll go all around, and, and the the, you know, the fishermen will just basically discard the row. Yeah. And he'll take it. Oh yeah. All of it, and he puts it in these big buckets, mm-hmm. and he puts like salt in there, and he uses these uh, tennis, you know, to like separate the eggs and. Right, he produces this like it's such good caviar, and it's basically, you know, to buy this stuff is very expensive, even in Ru- Russia to buy it. So here he just gives it to, to me, and it's yeah. like the best caviar.
1: Well, he wouldn't be able to really legally sell it to you if he's getting it from sport cod. No, fish. he just gives he just gives it away. Yeah, if he gives it away, it's totally fine. Problem is when people sell their sport caught fish, there's a problem. So I have to buy the skins from a processing plant plant that are commercially caught. And so it's like I,
0: cod and salmon and halibut. So it's all from the um, Cook Inlet? Or yeah,
1: all from Cook Inlet and fishing. Yep.
0: So that's well, a- and
1: Seward. No, it's the whole Kenai Peninsula. So it's Prince William Sound through. So the cod comes from, the pea cod comes from, you know, fishermen going out of Seward. So that would mm-hmm. be Prince William Sound. And then, I guess, is that Prince William Sound? It yeah, is Prince William Sound. And then the Cook Inlet. Yeah. So halibut and salmon and then the pink salmon. So this is
0: stuff they would normally just get rid of?
1: Yeah, the processing plants, the grinders that they have hate skins. So they try to get rid of it somehow, sell it to people, but rarely do they have a buyer like me who buys tries to scoop up everything that I possibly can and so buy it is, from them.
0: Is there an additional cost for them to like set accept- Yes, so it's a hassle to, to for give them. It to you and the yeah way you
1: want it. yeah, I wish it could just be free. It's not, so I have to then they have to separate it. They have to hire people or assign someone to gather up these skins, clean them, put them in bags and ten pound bags or something I can manage you know it depends on the processing plant, whether it's ten pounds or thirty pounds, but they do a nice job of packing up for me. I buy them and shove them in freezers and then make them as I need to
0: so when did you start this a couple of years ago, or
1: two thousand sixteen? I started playing around with it. And then, um, it took off and, uh, 2017, I, January went live with the Alaskans, had a retail site online and started selling wholesale. My first, uh, customer wholesale customer was AK bark here on in diamond uh-huh. and they've been uh, just a great customer constantly by, and I think, um, through them, my, uh, my business and my dog treats have have gotten known. But now I sell wholesale through Alaska Mill and feet, Alaska Garden Pet and Supply, and they distribute through me statewide. So you'll see them at Three Bears, Save You Moors. So is this
0: like lower 48 or no, no, or can, just Alaska? No, no, no,
1: no, I'm not that big. I would love to. you got to expand. Gotta <laughs> I know, like, i gotta you got to go. get lower 48. We'll I know, glo- it would be global. fantastic. I just need like some processing, you know, some processor that works with like Costco's or something. I, I need someone. I can't. Once shipping's involved, it just gets really expensive. So... Right now, I'm just trying to keep Alaska supplied. And then so my online customers, I ship, you know, anywhere online.
0: So you grew up fishing on the in the peninsula, your family?
1: Well, in Bristol Bay and Cook Inlet. My dad had a commercial fishing boat in Bristol Bay, and, and often he would move it to Cook Inlet, so we, we fished both places. And then my brother still commercial fishes. He has a set net site. Chuck Cop. Chuck Cop, yeah, um, in Bristol Bay, in Graveyard. He has a set net site there.
0: So you kind of grew up around fishing, so you, I guess you kind of thought about all this fish, you oh, kind of yeah. Knew there was this I mean, excess.
1: yeah, well, we, I watched it. You know, we'd go and deliver our fish and we'd see the processing, and I would see it. And Dad was always a firm believer in the health benefits of Alaska seafood. He would just say, you know, what a huge waste it is that we're just throwing away those skins when there's so much benefit. I mean, growing up as kids had to take cod liver oil, that was our medicine. Mom and we'd ha- have a tablespoon of cod liver oil. Oh, so, gross. It, oh, it was so gross, like, so, so salty, it was wasn't so it? gross, <laughs> but. You know, Did our parents, uh, apparently we're super healthy. We're never <laughs> sick. I haven't gotten COVID yet. So, I mean, I don't know. Someone told me
0: I haven't gotten COVID either. And, some, and I actually posted um, a few weeks ago, I went to get an antibody test. Just I was like yeah. curious, maybe, you know, maybe I had it. And yeah, no right. symptoms. So I, yeah. I paid the money. It was like 10 bucks at a job core or a lab core. And um, it said negative. And I posted, I said, I got this antibody test and you know, it was negative. And, and somebody commented like, if Jeff Landfield hasn't had COVID, like, <laughs> something's wrong, <laughs> <You> know, like. <laughs>
1: we're being lied to, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but I was in this
0: peninsula, um, for, th- we drove down for Thanksgiving, me and my, my roommate and his girlfriend, we got a cabin, and uh, it was kind of funny, because there's no mask mandate, right, because they can't, I guess the city could do it, so the Saldana could do it, or Kenai, but the borough can't do it, right, because of the structure of the
1: yeah, the governor really allows the boroughs or the mayors to kind of make their own mandate. And Charlie Pierce has decided there is no mask mandate. He's kind of a free spirit down there. So I went to Gone like... Gone rogue. And uh, it's I, just... So everything's wide open down in Soldot. If you want to come, go to a restaurant, everything's... Like just, I went to Cars, and yeah. I'd
0: say maybe 75% of people were wearing... Yeah. And it said there was a little sign encouraging people, but some people yeah. just, you know.
1: Oh, no. I think people wear most masks. Most people were. And I think they should wear a mask. I mean, I think it's only respectful. And, you know, I mean, if it can obviously help spread the COVID, please do it. You know, in my store, I'll wear a mask when people come in with a mask. I mean, I I want business to keep going. I don't want our economy to shut down because what's happening in Anchorage, you know, people aren't wearing masks. Wear your freaking mask so we can mm-hmm. keep our stores and restaurants open, you know. Um, I don't know why people don't get that. It's just common. I mean, to me, it's common sense because I'm a business owner and I want my business to remain open. Um,
0: yeah, we're going through our second, I guess third. There was the, the initial spring and then August in Anchorage. Now, December, we have the, the restaurant shutdown going on. So, and it's like right in the middle of yeah. busy season. for. Oh, one of and it bits.
1: just has destroyed livelihoods, destroyed people who have, the, you know, their whole lives have put into this business and mm-hmm. it's just wiped out.
0: And, and I'm one of the, like, you know, I think some people because of, some of the comments I make about people and businesses and their effect, like people take that as, as I'm like against these mask mandates or these shutdowns, which I'm not. Um, but I think there's an adversarial impact on people or the state or the city or the federal government's not, not stepping up to like compensate people. But I was supposed to go to New Mexico next week to see my parents. They're in their seventies, New Mexico's shut down. Mm-hmm. They have a super high
1: mm-hmm. death
0: rate, you know, so I just canceled it. I said, look, right. I'm, I'm not going to, it's not yeah. quarantine and right. it just wasn't really, really worth it. Yeah. Alternatively, I'm going to Hawaii.
1: Oh, that's because nice. Because my buddy's
0: there, yeah. and his dad has a place, and there's a thing now if you have a negative,
1: yeah. COVID test within seventy-two hours, you, you can, can just
0: go. you can go and kind of do. Not quarantine, so Yeah, I'm going to go in the yeah. eighty-five degree.
1: Perfect. I'm what? going in February. My son lives there now. Where are you going? Oahu.
0: See, I'm going to big big island. I was in Hawaii once. Kona. Yeah. It's so commercial. Yeah. commercialized. Oh, it
1: is. But that's where my son lives, so that's where I'm going.
0: Is he work like military? He's a captain in
1: the army. Oh, wow. He's a West Point grad. Go, Army. They won. Army I saw Navy that. game today. Woo hoo.
0: That was a big big yeah. deal, yeah.
1: John was recruited by Army to play football. That's how he got to West Point.
0: So, how many kids do you have?
1: Two. John Two. and Jamie. John's but, almost 30. He'll be 30 in February. And Jamie is 28.
0: New grandma, too, right? I saw a picture. I am
1: my third grandbaby. You don't look like, I'll be honest, yeah. you don't look like a grandma. I know. It's because I had him when I was 12. It's okay. 12. Wow,
0: that's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, you, you're pretty young, though. You must have been like.
1: I was 20 when I had John, my son. Wow. Yeah, there you go.
0: So you your whole 20s were, like, raising.
1: 20 with John, 22 with Jamie.
0: And they yep. were uh, in Peninsula?
1: Soldotna, born in Soldotna.
0: Wow. So so you you grew up, um, I was going to ask you about this fishing, and you're on the peninsula. This mm-hmm. is a recent decision to shut down the federal waters for commercial and Cook Inlet.
1: Right, commercial fishing in the, yeah, in federal waters.
0: What, yeah, in the federal, the, kind of like in the, the first part of the inlet. Right. Um, so, what, I mean, what are you... I have my opinions on that. I mean, what are you...
1: Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate that it's become so politicized. And it's people like, I'll just say it, Bob Penny, who stirs the pot and who pays off people on the Board of Fish. I'm not sure how he pays them off, and maybe I'm not, I'm speaking here, but it's just really frustrating to well, he, watch.
0: He, he formed that um, KSRA group a long time ago. Yeah. But now it's, I mean, he's, there's a big board, right? There's a lot of people on the board.
1: Well, yeah. You know, it, he's just kind of focused on... Uh, pitting the sport fishing people against the commercial fishermen. And it's just super unfortunate because, you know, back growing up, we never had an issue. I mean, we had fish, and there is fish out there, or there used to be. And it's not just because the commercial fishermen are, are catching too much or because the sport fish are, you know, too many are being caught. There's there's many reasons why. I mean, there's a, one big reason. What the Why are we still making pinks? I mean, we talk about well, the hatcheries farm are, fish. The hatcheries are ridiculous. The hatcheries
0: produce all these fish. And
1: you can't even catch a sockeye in the Kenai River anymore. It's just packed full of pinks, you know. Mm-hmm. And the pinks are, are scavengers, and they are just going to go after the same food source that the kings and the sockeyes are going after. And that's a huge problem. But, you know, because it's so political, they just keep making more pinks. Well, so, well someone
0: told me a good, a good, somebody who's been around fish for a long time, they gave me like a really good kind of explanation. They said, the fish are all going to die no matter what. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of where and who gets them. Right. And, you know, for Cook Inlet, I mean, the the breakdown of of commercial to like sport, personal subsistence in Alaska, total breakdown is 97% commercial, 3% everything else. And Cook Inlet, you know, 400,000 people live in and around Cook Inlet. So to me, it makes, would make more sense that the people who are like want to, you know, Get fish for themselves, or go sport fishing. Or if somebody wants to fly in and pay ten, fifteen thousand dollars to you know stay in a hotel and fly up here and hire a guide to catch a king, that's more valuable than getting in a net and being sold for a couple hundred bucks.
1: Well, it's it's w- yeah, and that's the argument that you'll hear from the sport fishermen that they have a lot more economic input into the state than the com- uh, than the commercial fishermen. But also, just people who live in. Like, but the I commercial mean, fishermen also fund the processing plants, and the processing plants are a huge business, and they make. I mean, they bring in a ton of workers to work every summer, mm-hmm. every season. And so there, there's a lot of jobs being put into the economy because of commercial fishing. It's, so we forget that the processing plants are also part but of there, that equation.
0: But there's also, you know, like, I was talking to a guy who's, who's been, he's born and raised in Alaska, he's in his 70s. And he was saying, when he was a kid, he remember, was, you know, there was, like, all up north in Talkeetna and, and the in At- Natsu Valley, there was big kings up there. And, mm-hmm. and there was all these fish all over the place you can go catch. And now there's, like, very few. Right. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not, like, an expert here, but it seems like they're probably all getting caught up in nets before right. they can get up. To, is that? I mean, is that, right. am I wrong?
1: Well, commercial fishermen have regulations on their net size. So, you know, they have the nets aren't supposed to be able to catch kings. Yes, they do periodically, but they're not getting slammed with kings, which is what the sport fishermen say. Oh, my God, we're not catching any kings because the commercial fishermen have their nets out. Well, that's not true. Their nets are, you know, regulated to a certain size so, that, so a king can't get tangled in there, technically. Mm-hmm. So, and it's been regulated over the years to make it less and less happening. So,
0: so if it's closed, if they close out that federal area in the kind of beginning of the inlet, I mean, they can still, how much is it going to affect the commercial, um, you know, fish, fishermen? Because they can still have the nets. I mean, the fish are still going to go up yeah. So they can still get the fish, right? Well, the set net
1: site probably won't be affected as much as the gill netters. So the ones on the boat just can't fish in that area, as far as I'm, as far as I understand. Is that is that well, what you yeah, got? I, or or
0: I, I've, re- I've, you know, I've, I've, I've read, um, I've read. I mean, different people are saying different things, so it's hard to like. Yeah,
1: I know it is hard. The, and the frustrating thing about it is that everyone just hears a soundbite and they just run with it and they scream loud. And whoever yells the loudest is what they go, oh, it must be true. It's kind of like Trump. He yells really, really loud and people go, oh, it must be true. Uh-huh. So it's, it's, you know, we have to really, critical, you know, think critically and go, what really are the issues here? And there are, there are several issues that we need to have a conversation about. Not that sport is fishing is evil or commercial fishing is evil. There is fish enough for all. If we manage it correctly, fishing game has completely well, gotten and, and politically it, bought out.
0: Well, this is the whole—you
1: know—they're—they're they're, Penny is telling people when they can speak, when they can't speak, what they can say, what they can't say in board meetings. I mean, or threatening them to be off the board. I mean, that's ridiculous that it's gotten to the point that we've allowed that as a well, state. This is the whole
0: thing. Like, if you remember that uh, I do not I know this guy I never met him—that Carl Johnstone, um, he was appointed to the, to the board of fish, right? And you know, Representative Sponholz, I was there in the room. She threw mm-hmm. this grenade about women that nobody had ever heard about never came up in any of the confirmation hearings it was totally a grenade during the right before the vote yeah ab- about women had called her office and, and it's unclear if she even spoke to them and he had, and he was a judge yeah um and I want to talk about the judicial conduct, because yeah. we, we have a weird connection <laughs> yeah, 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 there. yeah but but that was just like you know I, I don't I, I think it probably had less to do with these allegations and more to do with like we don't like this guy yeah and like let's fuck him up yeah and the whole thing you know un- unwound and they, were, they tabled it and then they came back and then he probably had the votes. Yeah, you, you remember this? It was like wild.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was it
0: was just total insanity.
1: I, I do remember that it was horrible. I mean, I remember thinking this is horrible for all parties. And, but and, and if
0: there was something going on, like yeah. there's ways to talk N- like, to deal with, deal that. with that. Yeah, not, not not at the last minute when nobody ever heard about it. <laughs> hey,
1: by the way, yeah.
0: and right before the vote. <laughs>
1: no, I mean, poor Robert Reffner. You know, his you know his trying to get appointment on the board. You know, and then there's
0: the Walker guy. What's the guy? Um, the Montana guy that was the big thing with uh, a Walk- Craig Medred wrote about that. Remember the. Oh my God! What's his name? Um, he's the guy Walker put on. And it turns out he was like had a fish license in Montana. Or oh yeah,
1: right, exactly. Yeah. So it's just it's crazy. It's not people who should really be on the board. It's just people who are just. You know, wing nuts. I've just but, learned but, but this you, word, you, wing nuts. It's called crazy people. You just anyway. learned that. That's right. Like, I know. I've never heard of it before. Someone's calling it wing nuts. I'm like, what's a wing nut? But,
0: but, but, but <laughs> I mean, you, you also don't want like. I mean, there's a lot of money. Here's the thing. Like, there's a lot of money. Commercial fishing brings in tons of money. There's, mm-hmm. there's hatcheries. There's fishermen. You know, but commercial
1: fishing supports Alaskans. And let, and let me just say, this is why I kind of have. I mean, I I appreciate sport fishing very, very much, and I think that we also need to push for that heavily for the state economy. My god, we've lost all of our income. We need to have tourists at least come and fish. So I get that, and we need that for our economy. But, but commercial fishing is so important for families in Alaska. Are we, do we just want everyone to get up and leave the state of Alaska, or do we want to keep our kids here? Commercial fishing is an industry that we can provide an, something to our kids and say, please come and live in Alaska. Right now, what is there, Jeff, for the young generation to stay? Why? I mean, what what are they well, gonna do? I mean, do? the
0: truth is, a lot of you know, uh, what the last two years we've lost people, we've oh, lost, yeah. lost population, and you just you know this budget. Nobody I mean, teachers
1: th- want to leave; they're leaving in droves. It's pathetic. They have the worst retirement. It used to be like the best. Cops
0: too, because you know we yep. don't the, our, our retire. You know, we have this kind of messed up retirement issue where with the pension, so they'll get they'll get trained here for five years or six years or. You know, you know this, you know, a truck was a copy, and then they leave. They go, oh, well,
1: yeah, right. Go somewhere
0: else where I get a you know better Ex- exactly. deal.
1: Exactly. So, Alaska needs to really start thinking about what makes sense long term rather than these quick fixes because well, the, someone's the, just yelling really loud. The
0: inherent yeah. problem in this state is, is people think at the most four years ahead, but usually two years ahead. Yeah. And this has led to And the it's the only fact through we, their election, which right. is so
1: saddening. It's just they only think for themselves. They get elected saying, oh, I'm going to do all this great stuff. And then rarely do you see someone who stands up and does the right thing. And, and I'll just say it. I mean, you know, my brother Chuck Cobb stood up against funding a full PFD because he knew it would bankrupt our state. And here we go. The governor's coming out promising with a $5,000 cool. dividend. I mean, holy hell. It's just like... You can
0: what? say it on this podcast. You can say whatever you want. Well, I mean, in, it's, it's like languages. Who,
1: who in their right mind believes that's going to happen? And so... People like my brother Chuck got crucified for standing up and saying, "Look, I would love for us to have a huge fat dividend, but here's the numbers. Here's mm-hmm. what we can, here's what we can real really do." Well, then he gets voted out of office because of the PFD.
0: My, 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 my read on, um, like Chuck and, and Jennifer and Bard, and, and them going to the coalition was, I think that was the right move. I mean, there was clearly a, a, it was a standstill; that they needed to do something. I, I think
1: nothing the, would have happened otherwise. Of course, yeah. I think
0: the only thing maybe, um, and I live in the opposing, I'm in 23, Chuck Mm -hmm. was 24. Yeah. Um, I just don't think for the lat that two year period, I don't think maybe there was enough communication with people who didn't understand what was going on. And then at the end they just heard, well, Democrats, blah. And that was kind of the thing.
1: You know, unfortunately, uh, For Chuck, he's just a decent person, and he has a job. He commercial fishes, and then he works for the state as a a legislator, you know, as a representative. Mm -hmm. So for his family income, he goes commercial fishes in Bristol Bay, and he wasn't on the street knocking on every door, trying to explain the situation to every person. He just believed that people would actually do their homework and not believe these insane, credible, you know, (laughs) things. That's a good wish. Yeah, people people don't. So what they do is they listen to a soundbite and run with it, and it's really frustrating, very discouraging, and it's just... And and
0: this is, you know, I've I've talked about this a lot, but we have this, you know, I call call it quote unquote citizen legislature. But the reality is it's not because uh, anybody who does have a job, you know, you're you're in Juneau for three months at least. Usually it's four or five or six months. and, And, you know, most working people who have a job and a family cannot afford to just take six months off. Right, or or they're even allowed to, right? Yeah, depending on their job. Exactly. There's so no. So you way. get this weird group of like people who can't
1: get a job. <laughs>
0: some of that, or, <laughs> or, or wealthy people, retired, really? yeah, or people that maybe they're a lawyer, maybe you know yeah. they have a job, Conoco, you know, yeah, oil company. So you have these kind of certain you know industries who are like, oh yeah, we'd love to have a our person be a legislator, but most right. people can't <laughs> afford to be a legislator because it pays fifty grand, right? And you know, if you're having a good job with a family, you can't and going to Juno and no. relocating yourself. So I my my view is we should we should change it and pay them a lot, pay like Singapore, pay them 150,000.
1: Pay them to actually do a job pay so them a they lot, can focus on it. And that's yeah. your job. right and
0: That's it it's all you do. Right. And then, you know, maybe But people
1: scream about that. You say that people say, "Oh my god, they're already overpaid." My, you know what? It is so ridiculous the pittance that they're paid and then it gets cut, cut, cut. You know, they go, "Oh, they're just living off their per diem down there." You know, they, they know, yeah, people know. who don't know think that they're having a wild parties down in Juneau. It's just an, you know, they need to go but unfortunately the capital's in Juno, so it's really there, hard there for there to go. The there, there is some party. And then the governor cut bit. cut public funding for, you know, to public radio and public T V and and so, you know, the things that connected us to Juno, the things that connected us to government now are disconnected and so it's really hard for people, you know, to get so, there. The ferries are cut. I mean...
0: So I was going to ask, you're on the um, Alcohol Beverage Control Board, right? ABC
1: Board, yeah, Alcohol Beverage Control Board. So right. you've been on... AMCO Board.
0: Was that Walker appointee? Yeah,
1: Governor Walker appointee. So D. you're coming up to the... Yeah, in March I'll be done.
0: Are you seeking a re- reappointment? No.
1: Or?
0: So you've, you've been there during some of this whole marijuana, I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's separate, but the, the AMCO yeah. is kind of, yeah. there's two boards, so right. you've been seeing some, and then also this, um, there was a big fight, wasn't there, um, on some of these licenses... Yes, less, less. there's always fights over licenses. What are those about? So what's, what's the board? five people?
1: Well, so there was the the beverage, the breweries wanting to. Ah, expand yes, yes. The, yeah. So, yeah. so I wrote right. about that because right.
0: that was the bill that um, they tried to Machiki's bill to to fix some of this stuff and you know the big that big alcohol almost yeah. bill and it passed the Senate and even worked, I just did a satire article. I, I said like.
1: You Title Four know, rewrite, Peter
0: Wachicki yeah. offers, like, free alcohol for a year if they pass his, you know, SP 50, <laughs> I think it was 52. But it, it didn't go to the House, and it probably would have passed the House, but they never voted on it. No. And now it's dead.
1: And it, it'll never happen again. I mean, unfortunately, I just don't know if we can get our legislature on the same page of anything besides fighting One each of the things
0: other. they were doing was Juneau, they were, well, I guess statewide, they were, you know, based on population, they were going to create so many licenses I think it was one for twelve thousand for the was that the distillery well, or the, the tasting room type. Yeah, yeah. And and so Juno would have essentially there was one more that already one more than they would have had, but they grandfathered it. And then those licenses become pretty valuable.
1: Oh, yeah, they're really valuable. Like, just like their liquor like, license is val- worth a quarter
0: million dollars, Oh, right? yeah. Well, right. If you can find one. one.
1: Ex- right, if you can find one. So, and those are based on, so even Soldatna, Here's Soldatna, okay, are in the city limits, there's like, what, 3,500 people, 3,600 people in the city limits. So they give you liquor licenses based on that population. But the surrounding area, what it serves is about 36,000. And then in the summertime, when you have the tourists, you've got like a million people. But you still only are allowed to have these three or four operating you know, alcohol licenses, and it's just not correct. That needs to be rewritten so communities like Soldatna, where I live, can function and serve the community, I mean, the people, the tourists that come in, the people from Anchorage and all over, even Dipnetti, even Alaskans. We can't even support them in our restaurants Mm -hmm. because, honestly, who wants to go to a restaurant and not have a beer or a glass of wine, at least?
0: i got to ask you about um, Molly Blakely because um, (laughs) this is the whole – booze cookie lady and oh, the mayor man. and all this crazy shit and she's from the peninsula yeah. so when I was writing that story about the whole downfall of Berkowitz with uh-huh. you know this Maria Athens and then Molly Blakely and the interview and the cookie business right. I was continuously directed to an episode of Hotel Impossible right from 2016 about uh, hooligans right now I watched that and it was fucking unhinged I mean this I don't even know you know her
1: I don't, I mean, yes, I have met her, but I'm not, I I don't really know her personally. And in
0: that thing, she like lost her liquor license. Yeah. Because of like her mismanagement. It was, it was, well, she didn't pay, yeah. It was a wild insight into this woman's kind of, and this is five years ago, four years ago. So it was like the precursor to all the stuff that we're about. Unfortunately,
1: she did. Yeah. And I was on the ABC board when she lost her license. Right.
0: So, she does. she have a full liquor, like a whole...
1: She had a full liquor license, yeah. So, a quarter million... Whole bar. It's a bar. It was a very popular bar. Hopo Gym played there all the time, and... So, so, how does
0: it work? So, if you buy... If I buy your liquor license, and then I fuck up, you guys, the state can take it away from me?
1: ABC board can.
0: And I can't... You, you, don't, you don't get your money back?
1: No. Nope. Can you sell it? Nope. Wow.
0: How often does that happen? I mean, you've been three years... Is no, that...
1: it doesn't happen very... Probably, I mean, it has never rare. happened. I mean, you know, the... We give licensee holders every advantage. And, and that's the one thing that I've been really thankful to be on the ABC board as a public member is because I have been fighting, you know, uh, for for these businesses to stay afloat and giving them every opportunity possible to correct things. Some of the mistakes that they make where they get, you know, uh, a, notiva- a notif- notif- notice of violation, NLV, that's called... Um, are just simple mistakes, you know, paperwork, not filed on time, or not filling out the paperwork correctly, or silly things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes uh, business owners who have a liquor license don't operate the, bus- the restaurant for like a year or two, or, and they're supposed to operate it. They can't just hang on to a I, license I, and not use it.
0: I read Mike Gordon's book, you know, Mike Gordon from Coots? Yes. So he started Coots, you know, like right. in the 70s, and he wrote a book, Learning the Ropes. And mm-hmm. in this book, he talked about, um, he bought like another bar. It was like a bar restaurant. I forget what it was called, but he it was. I think it was, it might have been a gay. He, there was a gay bar, and then he bought another one to like compete. But he was he was trying. This is like in the '70s or maybe '80s. But he had to like open up by a certain date, otherwise he would have like lost the license. And he remembers there was like some issue with. It was kind of funny. It was some issue with the the permitters or the regulators in like the city and the code of like the the tiles. They weren't like the right. Oh yeah. So, so he so, was like he yeah. basically told the guy to fucking like gut everything. Like fix it, open the motherfucker up, so we can like not lose my damn license yeah. because of some other like permitting. You issue. are it's
1: permitting for the yeah, all kinds of the fire has to do the permit, all city has to permit. He had Denver like a borough, week. To, he had yeah. like a
0: week to open up. He <laughs> <laughs> like lost his <laughs> license. He paid all this money. For
1: I'm it. sure he was losing. his Were money. you
0: there when um, Chris Constant from the Anchorage Assembly? There was this big fight in Fairview for a long. Remember they were gonna like label the bottles and oh yeah I think that person's license might have got taken away that 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 liquor store package you mean in
1: Mountain View you mean it was or like I Fairview
0: mean- Mountain yeah it was over there that was yeah. probably three or four years ago it was a big deal
1: yeah and in Anchorage yeah basically yeah. told them not to open I mean it was yeah it was very big yeah there was meetings and yeah. I remember
0: the community council and the assembly yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. like it was it was yeah. and then there was probably before uh this is way before you were on there but the owls. Um, sports, bar right by where I live on Old Seward. He mm-hmm. put this big train there. Remember oh, that? No. He put a big train car like outside. <laughs> it was yeah. a huge Alaska tra- like, railroad car. Yeah. And he like jacked it up and I don't think he got permission. He didn't do a bar? Uh, it was like a, yeah, like it was part of the bar. You, and you, oh, but he didn't get a no, permit fuck like, no, for that nothing. Yeah, so <laughs> that was a whole thing and there was like, it was a big, it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was wild. Because I was you in know, the community council and that was like one of the meetings we had where like, you know, normally we have five or 10 people. It was like 70 people showed up. Yeah. You know, it, was, it was like fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, basically if a city has some sort of opposition to a business, you know, we really usually let them deal with that. I mean, as long as the business is operating with under the rules, you know, and regulations of owning a liquor license, the ABC board is fine with it. I mean... Um, we will listen to a city's opposition and say argument, but sometimes we'll just say, "Listen, this business is not doing anything that's violating the rules of holding a license."
0: My, my, my big frustration, and, and I think she's gone now, Mc- McConnell, right, Erica McConnell. Yeah, they tried that a couple of years ago, or maybe a year and a half ago. They started kind of g- really going after, you know, the ski area and the. She fare. went after. She shut like, down what?
1: Alaska Airlines from serving alcohol on the flights because she didn't have fingerprints from all of the. CEOs from all over the world. She wanted all of them.
0: So, so what happened? All of a sudden, it <laughs> just like the stuff started where that was. First, it was a scary, the the yeah. Arctic Valley, and then it was. Well, the, I'll tell the, you fr- what happened. All this shit started out of yeah, nowhere, yeah, yeah. and everybody well, was like, "What the no, fuck's going on?" No, it wasn't. On? To
1: be fair, let me tell you what happened. So the ombudsman came and for, said, for, for "Listen, me, like, it came out of nowhere, right?" Yeah. But they did a thing on the on the ABC board, and they said, "Listen, you guys aren't consistent on what your on your rules are, and you're not you're not." Um, Consistent on what your licenses are for. In fact, you're allowing licenses not under the Title IV regulations. You're just giving licenses, like Arctic Ski Valley, under a license that's not correct for them. I mean, and we allowed it again because it was just like, you know what, who wants... It was just so. I mean, it's like a few people having a beer when they're skiing. So loud, yeah. But they have it under uh, license. I'm, I'm, my mind is blank right now. Basically, it's supposed to be during an event license, yes. like an hour before an event and then an hour after, and then it's supposed to be done. Well, they just want to op- operate the whole time they're open. So the license <laughs> Why that they not? have, Why? Why not? Right. Why not? You're, you're skiing. But the license, <laughs> it's an event. But the it's license <laughs> isn't isn't applicable to them. But. 10 years ago or 20 years ago, whenever they got the license, that's the license they were given. Okay. So the ABC board then just gave it to the, them. The,
0: the, the other big frustration I had, and this is like personally affected me. So it's par- partly selfish, but partly it's just really fucked up because of the bowling alley in Juneau. Yeah. You, know? you were really mad at that. I remember. I was very me. pissed off because yeah. people go there, legislator, staff, and I'd been in Juno yeah. the last two years and I'd kind of be joined the bowling league. You go, you bowl, you hang out, you talk about stuff, you have a beer.
1: Yeah, but there was an issue with that. There was more than just well. That. There's a,
0: there's a little bar area. Yeah, and it was separate from like the bowl. You can't be drinking where you're bowling. Yeah, but that got shut down too. And I talked to the guy who bought it. Yeah, and nice guy. Yeah, and it's like he bought it, and COVID happened, you know, and then his license, he can't serve. It. It's just like. I felt so bad about it because
1: yeah, but I remember that you and I talked about it, and I actually yeah, you looked were in into it for the meeting. Yeah, right. and there was more to the story than he actually told you. So things worked out for him uh, as far as our, I think eventually it did, but but I'm yeah. saying for a
0: long time I don't yeah. know the license he, they had, but for a long time it was very the, frustrating. You it's very to the frustrating. Bowling alley and you yeah. get a drink,
1: right? Well, I mean the thing is, it's I like long, ha- I like having a drink. Title Four is so ridiculous. And it's so restrictive. I mean, it was practically written during the prohibition years. In fact, it was. It was a copy from state of Oregon's law. Well, that's because, you know, we in came-
0: Alaska, we're actually working on a story right now. It's a it's long aside, but it's it's a historical kind of investigative piece. And um, almost all these, like, laws, early Alaska, were like, they just copied Oregon's laws. Yeah. That's kind of where it came from. Yeah,
1: it's terrible. You know, and unfortunately, I don't think our legislature is going to get their act together again and duel and redo this whole Title Four. What would be really nice is if they would just say, listen, we're going to allow each community to handle their own alcohol regulation, I guess. Because, I, I mean, it would be great if we had it one state ruling. And, and that's probably even impossible now that I think about that. But it's just well, you, unfortunate you because where, um, communities are completely handcuffed and tied behind their back because they can't operate. So here in Saldotna, we've got this key piece of property right in the Y when you come into Saldotna, right past Fred Meyer. And we were all excited. We're like, yay, maybe, you know, Applebee's or Olive Garden or something will come in that will be fun for the people. But no, what comes in? A Starbucks. We don't want a Starbucks. We have like eight coffee wagons that make fantastic coffee. We have two Colotti brothers already. We don't need more coffee. And nobody wants Starbucks. But there's a Starbucks in that prime spot. Why do they have it? Because no restaurant wants to come in when they can't get a liquor license. Wow. So Stupid so prime properties yeah, are going to
0: that's bizarre there's, fucking, yeah. there's coffee shops everywhere and sold out in yeah place.
1: everywhere everywhere and they what? all make fantastic coffee no one and no hardly anyone drinks Starbucks what, what was
0: the uh so there was just um one of the villages in, in the north slope they just oh my god what's the name they voted to undo um the the you know prohibition of alcohol oh they so did was, yeah yeah we did a story on that so because they, they had been given this yeah. right to like local communities can ban alcohol yeah and they'd voted um
1: against it this is
0: like this year, we did an article. I'm trying to think of the the, the city that the villager that did that, but they they allowed, you know, they overruled the. How's it going up there? for I that? don't know. I, I'm not I'm not <laughs> sure. You know? Probably having to open bar- a bar. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you know people always talk about local control, but mm-hmm. when it comes to like alcohol and marijuana, it's I mean there's a local element to it, I guess. Like yeah. the assemblies or they can they can get involved in, and, and they can.
1: Well, it's not really fair how the laws are written. Like, so at the Homer spit, you know, you're supposed to go if you want to have beer and wine, you need to get certain amount of signatures of people that live around you. But on the Homer Spit, there's nobody in a mile radius of you. So they just automatically give them the liquor license. Really? Yeah, wine and beer. So they can have that without having to go like march land, around like and find land, people Land's to... Land's End? Or? Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, they have a liquor license, a full liquor license. But if you want to open like Finns, you know, like little restaurants along the well. uh, Spit, you know, they... In Soldatna... If, if all of the liquor licenses are given out, you can still apply for one if you can get a thousand signatures of people living like a mile around you. Or so
0: so there's like the liquor license itself, the full liquor is one thing. Yeah. But then there's like the beer and wine, this which is, is beer a different, wine. different kind of yeah. like allocation of population or something, right?
1: Yeah. Well, they're all based on population.
0: But the liquor one, is it different or no? The well, the full, pop- yeah,
1: it's full. I mean, you can have full whiskey, vodka, everything, mixed drinks, at the full liquor license, like Maverick Club next to Pizza Boys. You know, and then Pizza Boys has wine and beer license.
0: So you're, now you're you're done in March. So you're, you're not you're not seeking reappointment.
1: No, here. in fact, I I I resigned, and then I was talked back into. Oh, you resigned. My term. Did <laughs> yeah. you like officially resign? i was or? so irritated.
0: When did you do that?
1: Well, um, it was a few months ago, and did then you like. Send I, I was, a letter. Or? Just, yes, I did. Wow. And then I got a call from the governor's office asking me to reconsider, and that they. I thought that I was doing a great job, and if I could just finish my term and, and and consider reapplying for another term. And I said, I will finish my term, but I will not reapply.
0: So you just don't you – you're kind of done with it? or No,
1: I'm just really frustrated with uh, the Dunleavy administration. I, I just – you know, I um, – He's slow to respond to the needs. I mean, he's been a complete mute during this whole time of COVID. You know, um, the mayor has taken over Anchorage and Governor Dunleavy has done nothing really to protect the restaurant businesses here. He hasn't even stood up and said anything. He's just, you know, let everyone else run I mean, the show. I guess
0: he's kind of said his approach is like, you know, let like the local.
1: Yeah. Well, that, it's a, that, that, that is an approach. you know, Right. That's, that's his approach. And that's a coward's way out. Right. So I think, you know, he needs to do more to help public and um, his, his emergency, ex- you know, he's extending his emergency powers without yeah, legislative approval. I'm not even sure if that's, He's going to so do it again, so you know.
0: it expired and then, because they didn't meet, yeah. his, you know, extend it. Yeah. And so he did another one for 30 days. Now he's doing another one. So yeah. I mean, I, at some point, I mean, you can't just be doing declarations every 30 days. Yeah, that, that you're supposed
1: to, it's supposed to be a new, a new emergency, Something new has to occur to mm-hmm. be able to extend the emergency. So
0: I'm, think, I'm thinking at some point somebody's probably going to go to the courts and say you can't be. Well, I just, hope they do. Just doing.
1: But everyone's just tired of everything. You know, we've got eight million things going on. We got the attorney general, you know, issue lawsuit. We've got. I mean, there Legisl- are
0: legislature still has not organized themselves.
1: Oh my god, and they probably won't. You know, so I mean, it's well, just they'll have to.
0: I mean, at some point, yeah, they'll
1: I, but they'll have to. You know, but let me tell you. Let me go back to Chuck. Okay, doing the the coalition thing. Thank God that that actually happened, you know, because they would have been a standstill forever. So Gary Knopf didn't form. Who was it? East, Eastman didn't for, want to join. Okay, so they
0: had 21. Um, they had 23 Republicans, but then Stutz and Gabrielle were kind of with the you know, the Democrats and the yeah. independents. So 21, um, and they had their announcement in 2018 after the election. But one of the people in the 21 was Eastman, and he wasn't there, and he was— didn't kind of come out with them and it became pretty clear right away. Yeah. And they, they kind of spike, I called it spike in the football where they, they announced speaker, Tallarico and the rule and they announced everybody. Right. And they left no room for anybody else to come, come over. Right. And then the whole thing on, you know, came unwound. And then you had the, the thirty days of the session with no house organization, right? So they I had was to there, do something, which was, which right? Was insane.
1: But then once they got organized, they passed the fastest budget in the history of ever any legislature. I mean, it was really incredible. I mean the let the leadership. The second
0: budget, the first one wasn't. The yeah, first no, one took a the long. second
1: budget, right? But I mean, the, some of that was COVID. This I mean, last were, one. Yeah, they were trying to get right, right, right out of there. Right. I was there too, and it was <laughs> it's like true, but it was super, super fast.
0: The, the, the irony of Eastman was. um he was there, and he was the first one. He was like full mask, the whole yeah, you know, right. I remember, and, and, and nobody else was. And everybody yeah. was like making fun of him. And right, he did look very goofy. The only person, yeah, big dark glasses. He was making glasses. a statement, yeah. And but it was funny because in like you know, a few weeks, a month later, everybody like, was wearing masks. your fucking mask.
1: <laughs> I remember your little video of wash your hands as long, what were you singing? Really oh, really that, about? That, that was, was Baby Shark. Oh, Baby Shark. So I yeah. didn't do,
0: so uh, Adam Crum, the commissioner of uh, health and human. No, oh,
1: you had a, it was on your thing. You were washing your hands and singing the song. Was it Baby Shark? It was Baby Shark, but oh. he, he
0: said that. He said, oh. wash your hands. He gave like a press conference and he's yeah. like, he's like, the best way to do it is like do Baby Shark. And he like, yeah. s- and I was like, what the fuck? So we, we, uh, yeah, I had my, I did a little hand washing video and then we applied the Baby Shark yeah. to it and a uh, little sharks on the screen. Yeah. Very very effective. I didn't even know that song. I mean, I guess.
1: Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby, it's because you, I have grandkids, you have grandkids, yeah, so I know. I know. So, I know so, these songs. So
0: I got, I got, I got to um, go back here a little bit. Now, I actually met you like eight years ago, right, or not almost nine years ago,
1: 2012.
0: And because you'd come back, and I yeah. was, uh, we won't go into the details, but we yeah. were somebody I was kind of hanging out with, and we won't say the name. But it related to her, and yeah, so somehow I don't even know how we met, but. Um, we ended up going to dinner uh-huh. with me, her, you, and your ex ex at the time, husband or yeah, yeah. So this guy Paul, mm-hmm. and he was a like some kind of judge. He was a
1: criminal judge in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah
0: but, but he was doing something here too, wasn't he? Here,
1: well, he yeah, he was working as an administrative judge.
0: And and I remember th- thinking like this guy is like this guy is as Australians say good value, a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, tons good, of charisma. Good, yeah, good very value. charismatic. Yeah, very lots fun of guy. Fun. And we were mm-hmm. you know we were having and. But he definitely, like, I remember, like, and I saw him a few times after, like, events or, you know, th- and he was just always, like, very um, charismatic is a good word for it, but, but, but a lot of energy. A lot, yeah. A lot of, and, and you actually, we'll go into what happened there, but you met him, and I just realized this before the podcast, oh. you were put on, walk, oh, Hickel appointed you to the Commission on Judicial Conduct.
1: Right. That was the commission
0: nice- I got put on by Walker that ended up with Speedo Gate.
1: Well, I know, but was I didn't one. pose in a Speedo. So, there you go.
0: You probably wouldn't have gotten in trouble if you did, though, if you were wearing, like, a swimwear. <laughs> I don't know. But this is, like, back in the night. I mean, Hickel was elected in 90, right? Yeah,
1: 92 I was appointed to the board. Ninety, Yeah, 92.
0: So, did you – because when I got – so, I um, told walkers, people, I said, I want to be on a board of commission. I put down – my number one choice was ABC board. Yeah. And I, I listed maybe judicial council. I listed some other ones. Never, I had never heard of commission on judicial conduct. So I got the letter saying, you know, you've been appointed to this thing like, what the fuck is this? And I like Google it and I'm like, wow, this is kind of important, you know, yeah. it's a big one. Oh yeah. Did you know? Now, if the listeners don't know, it's it basically the Commission Commission on Judicial Conduct. It's three judges, three lawyers, and three public members
1: appointed by the governor.
0: Uh, yeah, that adjudicate um complaints against judges. Right. So serious stuff.
1: Very serious.
0: Um did you like know about it? Did you want to be put on it or what? How'd that
1: You know, interesting. So Tuckerman Babcock, you know, um, oh, yeah. Was on the board of commissions, boards of commissions. He was head was, of boards of commissions had, had, yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. Hickle, yeah? Right. And he wanted my father, Chuck Krappischitz, to be on the Judicial Conduct Board. And I remember we were at this uh, meeting or some sort, and I was sitting there with Dad, and Dad's like, you know who would be really great on that board would be my daughter, Sarah. And for some reason, Tuckerman took that and nominated me to be on the board. So Tuckerman Babcock was the reason you... Yeah. What? Can you believe that? Yeah. Oh
0: so he not Do my
1: name out there. Nominated me, and I was appointed to the judicial conduct board because of Tuckerman Babcock. Did you
0: Did you know what it was?
1: Yes, I knew what it was. I mean, I listened to his whole conversation with Dad. I mean, that would hear the rant but about the corrupt judges of the state of Alaska.
0: See, <laughs> I know never talked yeah, to talk I, about that. I like vividly <laughs> remember, you know, like reading what it did, and I was like,
1: "Whoo,
0: a big one!" And the yeah. funny thing is, the person's I was supposed to, the person's position I was supposed to take, who was getting off was Amy Demboski.
1: Oh, really? That's who,
0: she, she was on there, and I was going to fill her spot. Oh. And, and um, the whole thing, you know, the, oh, yeah. the unwound because of the whole deal and
1: yeah. the Speedo
0: gate. But um, so, so that, that's how, and I didn't realize this till before the podcast, but that's how you met Paul, right?
1: Right. So we had a ethics uh, uh, meeting, well, like a training, ethics training down in Austin, Texas at a conference, and I was down there. The like early 90s. 96, October of 96.
0: And you're like 20, 20 something? Or? I was 26. Wow. So you're like going to Austin for ethics training. Yeah. And you met Paul.
1: Yeah, he was there from Pittsburgh. Yeah. He was on the ethics board from Pittsburgh. Yeah. So you guys Pennsylvania.
0: Like hit it off? Yeah,
1: and... absolutely. Lots of fun.
0: So what happens? You like moved to Pitt, like you got married, right? How well, long after you met did you get married?
1: 2 years. We had a year long kind of relationship and then I moved with my kids to Pennsylvania. And then um I was married before. So I moved John and Jamie with me to Pennsylvania. And then after a year we got married. So we got married 99.
0: Wow. Yeah. And then so you guys almost came back. So you guys came three back nine. to Alaska and then and then so we had this dinner and I Yeah, so I, I was
1: there in Pittsburgh for almost 15 years, but I came back in 2012.
0: So you're like that's like right in the middle of Appalachia. Pittsburgh? Yeah, well like Pennsylvania is part of that whole. Oh, I just yeah. watched that uh right. Pillbilly elegy movie. It's
1: very very close, We're very close to West Virginia. Uh but Pittsburgh's a really cool town. Really, What's that like really going good. from like
0: Alaska to Pittsburgh? That's I mean, like such a dramatic. Well,
1: difference. it was super fun because you know we grew up in the seventies with the Steelers and the Steel Curtain and you mm-hmm. know, Terry Bradshaw and Mean Joe Green and you know all that stuff, and so it was very exciting to go to Pittsburgh and and go to Pittsburgh games. You know, I mean, hey, for I was I party with Ben Roethlisberger on his thirtieth birthday. I can show you pictures. You know, I what? Mean, yeah.
0: No way. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it was very fun. I got to, you know, meet a lot so, of players. So, and
0: So the Steelers, they were just... I mean, I've, I've seen, like, documentaries. They, they're, they're very involved in the community. You should go out and see them? Or they're what? very
1: involved. Well, no, not really. It's kind of an exclusive thing to be able to be invited, but because my husband was a judge and all the... Steelers or penguin players or pittsburgh pirate players would oh get yeah, in trouble peng- he's a criminal judge so you know it was very important to keep the judge happy so we would get tickets and stuff like that so i so i met this which guy which is completely illegal so here i am saying that but that's just kind of what happens you know people offer you tickets just because you know just because so i met this
0: guy and i met him with you and then we had dinner and then and then like i met him i seen him around a few times and then and then i saw this article like thing in the newspaper come out and he had, like, what What did he do? He got in trouble, right? <laughs> like, I mean, like, trouble is probably, like, an understatement.
1: Yeah, so, you know, he had a drug problem when he was in college, and he said that he had, you know, overcome that, and it was fine. In fact, he had started a, a drug court in Pennsylvania and was doing a fabulous job with it, and it was acclaimed and... Really, he was really a very, very good judge. Great criminal judge. Very fair. People really liked him. At every re-election, he just would you know, crush the competition. Yeah, because they, they
0: elect judges out there, yeah. So.
1: Yeah, they like judges out there. But he also did a very good job. He was very good. It was inspiring to watch him. He really cared about people. He helped them. He started this drug court to help people you know, with addictions. Mm-hmm. And instead of making them go to prison forever, go to this drug court program and give them a chance you know, to get to uh, start their life over again. But unfortunately, during that whole thing, um, he started doing cocaine, which I didn't know. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you people go, well, you is must that, have been doing cocaine with him. I'm like, I, I didn't even know what cocaine was. I mean, that, I grew actually, up in a very strict Christian family. <laughs> I did not know anything about drugs. So anyway, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say,
0: it's actually kind of like, like if you are doing cocaine and you're like ahead of a drug court, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, Because well, it was probably like drugs, drugs <laughs> Well, it
1: got really bad. I, I knew that something he was happening. Was he
0: taking drugs or was he? Yeah, so. He was like taking coke.
1: Co- well, this is what happened. So I suspected that something was happening, and I, I didn't know what, but his behavior changed, everything changed. So I called my brother Chuck, and I said, listen, I, I don't know what's happened, but here's what I'm looking at. You know, Chuck was the chief of police in Kenai at that time, and I just said, this is, here's the symptoms, here's what he looks like, here's how he behaves, and here's what I smell. This is like a movie. And here's what I smell. So he goes, Sarah, he's doing drugs. He's probably doing meth, and he's probably doing, so go look for these things. So, you know, spoons, lighters, Everything. So I discover discover these things in the basement of our house, and I ask him about it, and he's like, "Oh no, no, you know." And I'm like, "Why are your eyes dilated?" And well, yeah, I'm taking this new heart medication. Well, it just was such bullshit over and over again. I asked one of the drug court um, counselors who actually tests the people that are in drug court Mm -hmm. for a test, and I and I just told Pez is what I called him, you know, his name, that basically you take this drug test, or I'm leaving forever. So, nice. he takes it, which is insane. He pees in the bottle, which is insane. That's how prideful he was. That's how he had already gotten to the point that he'll never get caught. He can do whatever he wants. Did all show up? Oh, yeah. It just screamed, you know, it hit everything. Everything. He was taking it all. So, I sent the picture of the results to the drug court guy. He's like, oh, dear God. I mean, here the, he just couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe that the guy who is like the inspiration for the drug court was hammered. You know, just so. Wow. So he, you know, of course, where he'll so, never so, do So again. You,
0: you saw, like, changing behaviors, but you didn't see, like, the... You didn't well, see him the, using.
1: No. Well, there, there was this one time. So, and also things like cash would show up. Like, I'd be putting his suits away, and I'd, I'd see, like, 800 bucks in his pocket. And I'd be like, what the hell is this? You know, he's like, oh, I was saving it for you. I just <laughs> wanted to surprise you. A little walking <laughs> for, around money. Yeah, I didn't know <laughs> what it was all about. And I was just you know, extremely naive. I I didn't know, but I was getting to the point where I was done with the bullshit because also his personality changed and he was just a crazed lunatic. Um, I did see him at a party doing cocaine after we, after all of this had happened and he promised he was never going to do drugs ever again. And he was down in the basement with this idiot doing lines of cocaine. I lost my shit. I went over to him and the guy, his friend tried to stop me and I Backhanded him to get away, and I had this huge four-carat diamond ring at that time, and it cut his eye, and it started gushing blood, and then I thought that I was getting trouble, so I went back home, and I called my brother, Chuck, and I said, Chuck, this is what's happening. I can't believe it. He goes, Sarah, you don't need to be worried that the police show up. They are going to be worried. What You you haven't done anything. He's not going to complain that you've cut his eye, but I was just devastated, and that's it. I told my kids, we're packing up, and we are leaving this place.
0: So you came back to Alaska?
1: No not at that time. But those kind of things, sorry. Those kind of things happened like 3 or 4 times after that. And then my brother Chuck told me, "You are done. Come home. You're done." So, I did. At that time it was like 3 or 4 times of that where it was just completely crazed behavior. Things where he promised he would never do drugs ever again and then here it was. And then after that, after I came home back to Alaska. So this is he, like two th- so you
0: get married for what? Fifteen years, yeah. 10, 10
1: so it was nineteen ninety six. So, yeah, I mean
0: ninety nine. So 10, over ten years. Yeah. So when did you come back to 2009.
1: Alaska? two thousand nine? So ten, thirteen, yeah, two thousand twelve. So, but then he he the attorney general's office raided his office, and because they suspected him of doing drugs. Now, all of this I learned after he came back to Alaska with me. So what happened was I, because I was oh, always so on this you, roller coaster you didn't, you didn't with know him. Yet. I didn't know all what was going on, he told me all of these things and little pieces, you know, of the last couple years in in Pittsburgh of what was going on. I mean, people were following me all the time, and I'd be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I mean, like, leave me alone. Our phones were tapped. Oh, this is like
0: the state, like investigators? Yeah, uh, I was
1: like, why are you guys following me everywhere? You know, I mean, and I'm one just to completely approach someone and say, what are you doing? What's the deal, you know? And they would scuttle away, and it'd just be like, "What is going on?" and and Pez would always say, "Oh, it's just, you know, they're just, you know, I don't know, some excuse." St- standard uh, yeah, procedure. Standard, <laughs> standard procedure. Anyway, the point is, it came. He came back to Alaska with me after you know begging forgiveness for this eight thousandth time, and I've been on this roller coaster. It's what I do. I just, you know, I love men like this. So anyway, um,
0: that's a we can go into that on different podcasts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. Because he, um, he was a
0: really good looking guy. I mean, yeah, he was a very, very charismatic. When I met yeah. him, I was like,
1: yeah. a very good looking guy. I was guy. smitten the moment I met him. Very
0: charismatic, yeah. very gregarious. Oh, I mean, yeah. He was, I remember, I, I like, yeah. it was eight, nine years ago. I vividly remember. Oh,
1: super romantic. I mean, he was just everything a girl dreams. Certainly someone I would dream of from Soldatna, Alaska, never really knowing anything. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes to The way in, was he would like,
0: tell stories. Oh, and the yeah. Judge it was so fun. It so was fun. like, I was like, wow, this guy, And I was like, what, I was probably 27. Yeah, 20. And I was like, wow, this guy is fucking.
1: Awesome. This guy's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he really was. He was. It then, was like then, Jekyll and Hyde. But. but then
0: it all came out, like, because he was he would he had got a job here, right? So that, then it all came out.
1: Yeah, right. So what happened? I remember was, reading, and I was
0: like, oh my god, I had dinner with this fucking he, guy. He's like taking drugs. He
1: he resigned from his job. I mean, he he. Had, Retired. He retired from the judge in Pennsylvania because he, had, he was fully vested and he just said, I'm leaving and going back to Alaska. That was his excuse going to be with my wife. You know, great. So I was thrilled. That's so a good he that's was a looking good, for a job a in hour. Alaska and he was overqualified for the administrative judge but job, but they hired him instantly because he was obviously qualified. But they didn't know when they hired him that he was under indictment for, you know, stealing cocaine from the from the evidence locker. And stealing cash and everything else. So they had no idea, you know. I'm not I
0: mean, I'm, I'm not at all advocating for, you know, drug users. But if you are going to use drugs and you are a judge of a drug court, I mean, like, that's, <laughs> that's, like, probably the ideal, you know, scenario. scenario. You know, because you do not have to buy it. <laughs> yeah. you,
1: know. you just get it.
0: You just go, hey, there's a little evidence room here. Ooh. Right. Jeez.
1: <laughs> right. It was really bad. So. Some of
0: the evidence went missing. We don't know what happened.
1: Right. So, I, I mean, honestly, I, I didn't, I knew that he was under investigation, but. He made it sound like it was just this really minor thing, and he had just done it like one time, and I didn't know. Well, then when we came back to Alaska, it just exploded because that guy who was irritated at him getting a job over a friend of his as administrative judge started to do some research on who was Paul Bosonski, and was like, whoa, holy heck. This is what's going on in Pittsburgh, and this is who you guys just hired, you know? And then it all got exposed, and then Sean Parnell made him resign. He was the governor at the time.
0: Yeah, no, I... I, I yeah. Now, if I, I was... I was around them, but I was not doing landmine. But, that, I mean, that would have been a great landmine story. Oh, yeah. Story. Wild.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely wild. Talk about loose.
0: That was very loose. Yeah. It's a loose. <laughs> it, would probably, it probably would have been the loose unit. He would, he would have 100% <laughs> been the loose. I've yeah. actually thought about going back. Somebody yeah. told me this a while ago. I should go back and do, like, yeah. Um, uh, what, what, what's it called when you – uh. uh not retroactive, but like but when you go back in time and you give somebody like a, like a, not posthumous because they're dead, but like, yeah. but go back and like give people the awards in the past who would have, who oh. would have got them at that time.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. He would have there's, definitely Because there's so won. many of them. There's... Yeah, he would have won.
0: So then this happens. So then is that when you kind of like,
1: so, so it wasn't until 2015 that we got divorced, but, so we were up here for three years living. Um, but during those three years, um, back in Alaska, more details of what had happened in Pennsylvania, I was reading in the press. I had no idea. He didn't tell me. So
0: what did he ever get in tr- trouble or I mean, I oh yeah, the, oh, yeah. He, he got indicted, right? Or? He got
1: indicted. So what really was infuriating for me is that, you know, judges have amazing pensions and they, and they have great retirement. We had lifelong benefits. And you they lose it? Oh yeah, so he traded oh, that really? for uh, a felony for not having a felony charge. So he, which I didn't know, and that infuriated me because it, every we lost every I lost everything. I, you know, wait, if, he were,
0: if he would have got the felony, if he would have been convicted, would he still kept the pension or no?
1: Well, that was the deal that he took. They they so I'm not sure. I think I would have said he fucking, taken it.
0: I would have said I'll take if, if I I would take the felony yeah. to keep the pension. Well, 100%. you know he
1: didn't want to go to jail, so he he did go for jail for like three weeks. It was ridiculous. And, um, you, sure, you, sure, you, should, you should write a book about this. this oh, a fascinating so, story! it was so discouraging Jeff. And then the worst day of my life, I was working for Alaska waste. Um, was it just, you know, uh, working down there in Salatna and, uh, every hour on the hour, KSRM was having the news of Paul Bazanski, brother-in-law to Chuck Kopp because
0: and, 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 and a they kept chief bringing of police, it so. over
1: and over it's and over again. You know, no, at that time he was working for Fred Dyson.
0: Oh right, yeah, chief but, of but staff. He, he was previously the chief of police. So
1: yeah, and and then it was just this whole my whole family was in the press every day before that going up, and then every hour on the hour it was the were headlight. They, were, they headlight. Mad? were they
0: mad? Was he mad at you? Were they mad at you or?
1: No, no, they felt sorry for me. i mean i it was just so humiliating, so humiliating. Your family
0: wasn't like they were mad
1: no I mean well, Chuck was beyond you know disgusted, but you know it was it was just a very sad. no, they were sad. everyone was just super sad at how it ended the, the, because the, the,
0: the one thing I've learned in in life, especially like doing media stuff, I mean, no matter how bad something is, it's really just it it goes away yeah, I, mean, I know. just you know people can overcome yeah, especially if they do the right thing and they and they get past it. Um, you know, things seem to be the worst ever. I remember my
1: sister telling me that that day, and I remember just wanting to stab her and go, you have no idea, but it's true. It goes, it goes away. Yeah. The next day, something else is the big story and thank God it something else was, but you know, it was just really hard. And fortunately my, I, I, I really believe I have the world's best family. They are just fantastic. My brothers are my life source. Honestly, they are the rocks, um, for in my life, Chuck and my brother, Joel, um, but beca- because of them, you know, I, I got through it famously and um, just kind of restarted my life here on the peninsula with zero money. Zero money. I walked out of that divorce with $7,000. So, Oh, my God. And I used that money for the down payment on my daughter's wedding. Jamie, who was getting married, I needed to pay it to, um, for his wedding stuff. That's great. Yeah. So, anyway, she got married. and I had no job, and I just started all over again. As if I was 19, getting my first job.
0: But now you have the fish...
1: Yeah, well, Alaska- I've had Alaskans. several, several jobs since then, but yeah, I've been, yeah. So now I have Alaskans, right. So how's that
0: going? I mean, is, it, is it like, are you making a good decent money or are you still trying to kind of grow it? Yeah, and- I'm
1: growing it. So, you know, it's 2017, started live with my retail online store and selling wholesale and growing that. And I was working on the slope and off and on. And um, I just told my husband the end of last year, I remarried by the way, anyway. And so... And when, you, when you
0: got with the new husband, we did, you kind of, say, hey, I got this guy. I got to tell you a story real quick about my previous. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can believe it. I mean, it's just
1: a wild story. You know, you don't really want to start off that in your first conversation, but, you know, it comes up eventually. Yeah. So it's By crazy. By the way, there was this guy. Yeah. I mean, here I am. I mean, I feel like I'm so normal, but here I've been married three times. I mean, it's just like, it just makes me feel like that I'm just like this crazy, oh, wild I woman. Think a you lot, know? lot of people aren't. Oh, well, whatever. I don't it's know. It's deal. just, it's a big deal to me. Anyway, so. Anyway, yeah, I didn't come up with the first conversation, but I slowly eased into it, you know.
0: Was he like, "Cool." Was he like, "Oh, wow." No, everyone
1: a- laughs. I mean, it's kind of funny when story. you hear about it. Yeah. yeah, it's a wild story. Yeah. I and I honestly felt like I was in some mafia movie, you know. I think you should write a book. I it's really crazy. do. That,
0: that would be a I'd read I would read that book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a great book. And I'm doing the podcast. I'm fascinated. I really just like to uh Skip, yeah, I, I'm really ready just to focus on something else. You know, I I wish him the best. He I, I'm you know what? After all the pain though that he caused me, I I am really irritated. He didn't do more jail time. I just feel like that was very. So is he
0: back in Pittsburgh. Is he back in the East Coast? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, he's yeah living with a woman and just carrying on, getting his full Social Security retirement. And you know. does he
0: still uh, have his law law, uh, no, law license? No, they did or? take the law license, which oh. I was
1: glad. It's, yeah. Damn. Yeah.
0: And talk about you go to law school, and you're a jo- just like, wow. And you yeah,
1: and he was very good. It was a sad story, a sad story to see how they fall. As Rick you know? James
0: uh, said in the, the Dave Chappelle skit, you know, co- cocaine's a hell of a drug. You know? Yeah. Have you seen that? No, I haven't oh, seen it. Oh, you got a, it's like yeah. a classic skit where Rick well, James... Well, yeah,
1: I mean, and because of that, I, I'm really, I frown upon drug users because it's just so irritating to me how I completely can control somebody, and I hate that. So I mean, I'm, not I'm, necessarily pot. Pot's a completely different thing to me. Mm-hmm. It hardly counts a drug, but I mean, as far as... Cocaine, meth, you know, any of that. So
0: I'm actually like, I started writing a book and I've just started it and I'm kind of trying to.
1: You can include a chapter of this, Paul Posonski, if you want to. You can write it for me.
0: We should do this separately, but I'm doing a book about kind of me and like <laughs> yeah. moving to Alaska. Oh. And oh, I'm. You. Oh, so okay. I moved to Alaska in 2004 and um, I had, you know, I had never done drugs. I mean, I drank it in high school, you know, drink, yeah. party, but I'd never done, I'd never, never smoked pot. I'd just never yeah. I'd been around it, but I just, didn't, you know, right. I was trying to go to the Air Force Academy. That was my big goal or, you know, I was just very committed to trying right. to do that. Um, I moved up here. And, you know, '04, I was 19 and I started to get in like, uh, kind of, I was selling cars and I met these guys starting in gambling, poker, underground poker. I was dealing cards and then I got yeah. around these people and, you know, pot, marijuana, you know, I started, whatever. And then, um, there's one guy, this, this Greek guy that ran this game. He was, he was like an old crazy guy and, and I started doing cocaine, like a lot of cocaine. Right. And I was like 20 and I'd never done drugs before. And I got into that world for a while. and It wasn't that long. It was couple of years you know and 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 my last um vivid memory i had uh, been traveling in europe for several months in 2006 and i got back and it was like it was like fall oh six i mean this russian guy that i'd known we started um going on like a bender like a three-day you know co- like drinking cocaine like like tons of cocaine and you know i had tried to go to sleep and my heart was racing so fast i was like sweating i was just like and i couldn't like sleep but I, w- I was so tired and you know I, I finally like said this fuck this is not you know I fell asleep and I woke and I said this is not yeah what I should be you know so I quit that was the last time I did it because yeah um but it's such a powerful substance when you're yeah. on it all you can think about it's is doing more. more yeah that's all you can at, at yeah. any cost basically right and I can't even imagine what like meth or heroin I've never done anything like that but you know I mean that's it's probably even worse so people get on that stuff and it's very 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 powerful
1: yeah and it, yeah it's very sad.
0: It's very fun, though. I'll be, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's, Apparently, it's a lot it is. Of fun.
1: Apparently, it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's been a great podcast. I'm glad, glad you were uh, glad you were able to do it. Um, if folks want to buy the, I mean, can they buy it? Where can they go buy it? Or yeah,
1: so they can. Anyone can go. Uh, well, Alaska Meal and Feed here in Anchorage, they can go and buy it there. They can go to Three Bears in anywhere in Alaska and buy it there. They can go to uh, AK Bark here in Anchorage and buy it, and several places down on the Kenai Peninsula. Wagon an wheel is, and Homer, But yeah, online it's Alaskins.com. So A L A S A-L-A-S-K-I-N-S, K I N S, Alaskins.com. And you can order online. It's a good name. Yeah.
0: You should I have an idea. I just thought about this. You should do like a blind, you know, like a Purina and a whatever other taste test. You should get all these food like dog foods out. Yeah. And then like unleash the dogs. Yeah. Like one at a time, right? Uh-huh. And then see what they do.
1: <laughs> right. Well, you know, I really haven't seen a dog uh deny the dog treats that we make but because it, it's just fish so i'm not making a dog food although i am making a canned halibut for dogs and cats
0: oh so it's more of a treat it's, it's not a treat like a, okay, it's just skin so it's not, it's like not a... food
1: it's not like a bag of perina it's just a you know like begging strips right you know, like yeah, begging, begging, yeah 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 so it's like a bag of like what yummy chummies was but it's not that gross mushed up whatever they put in the yummy so chummies. Yeah, yummy it's chummies it's just a fish it's just a fish skin Is that still around yeah, I think it's changed owners. They've moved. They're not in Alaska anymore, and they—I think they're in.
0: So why don't why don't you like use the skins to make a like a f- dog food?
1: I use the excess. Uh, no, because the skins make the great treats. I, I mean, the I use the flesh that comes, the extra flesh that comes off the the extra meat that comes off the skins. I, I'm using that to can. So I'm using I'm using the skins. Oh, mm. oh, and I'm also starting a CBD line.
0: Really? Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. For so that becoming
1: for dogs, for dogs and cats.
0: So I was gonna yeah. say, do the cat? Do, are these cat treats too, or just dog treats?
1: Cats love them too. Uh, cats like market fetish. it towards dogs, but yeah, the cats love fish, and they also. That's why we've done that canned halibut for cats and dogs. But I'm gonna be doing a CBD infused halibut meat for in a pet line. You'll see, it's gonna be really cool. I think you gotta
0: target these like very affluent, affluent kind of dog people. You know, who like, they have these like prized yeah. dogs. They 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 love them, and they. Yeah, they pamper them, and yeah. that's your that's my that's your
1: that's target that's market, that's my demographic, right there. You're probably
0: not going after the dog mushing people, are you?
1: <laughs> oh, I am sponsoring a dog musher.
0: But, but are, are they buy like would they buy that or? Yeah,
1: they? they love it. I mean, they wouldn't buy it because they have to buy eight million bags of it for their huge you know packs of dogs, but they can't possibly afford it. But they do feed their dogs fish. You know, they're huge fans of. You need it. a
0: sponsor like in a, like next year if they did it.
1: I am sponsoring the Copper River ba- the Copper Basin 300. That's awesome. I'll be in Glen Allen in January. Yep, I'm a sponsor for them. I'm giving huge baskets of Alaskans and all our swag to the winners of the race and the halfway point winners. and so it'll be really fun. So, yeah. Okay, so
0: if folks want to, they can go to Three Bears. They can go to um, Alaska Mill and Feed. They can go online.
1: AK if they, Bark. If they want to buy AK this. Bark on Diamond. Okay, AK across Bark. From, yep, right okay. across from Fedmeyer.
0: In Alaska, how'd you get that name? That's a good name.
1: I, I, because I'm just super smart. That's and, very, very creative. creative yeah. I like Alaskans, that. yeah.
0: Very, very sound rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Sarah and I had a great time doing the podcast. We covered fun. a lot of topics. Yeah. Very, very, uh, very much in line with uh, the podcast here. So appreciate you coming on and uh, good luck with your business. And I'm sure we'll be seeing you around.
1: Yeah, great. Hope so. Thanks, Jeff.
0: All right, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one.
1: Landline.